Episode 138, What Does This Look Like in My Classroom? Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. It's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. I'm back with you for another week. Yes, you know it. I've learned another lesson. I can't wait to share it with you because I know you are listening, probably binge listening to lots of podcasts, which really goes towards your own professional development. And I always refer to you as an elite educator because you could be doing a million other things right now and you're choosing to hone your craft by getting new ideas and tuning in today. So thank you for doing that. This particular episode is geared towards teacher leaders, but of course there is value for everyone that can listen. We're going to talk about helping teachers figure out how to apply everything that is being asked of them in their classroom in a way that's authentic and natural and just fitting to their style and personality. Well, let's reignite your passion and potential. Are you ready? Here we go. So I really wanted some cool, catchy title for this episode, but you know what? My message is exactly what I ended up titling it. Like, what does this look like in my classroom? And here's the deal. I struggled every time something came down the pike and I had to figure out, number one, what the heck it was, (laughs) because let's be honest, things change so fast. And many times before all the details are even figured out, I left most of my meetings like with more questions than I had answers And then number two, how can I make this fit my way of doing things in my classroom? The second question ended up being the most important to me. I didn't want to lose myself. I didn't want to let go of everything I worked so hard to establish just because, you know, this cool new program or amazing new approach was being required of us. And I'm not saying I wasn't willing to follow protocol because I'm definitely one of those rule followers. But as a teacher, my classroom was my second home. I liked it to look a certain way and to feel a certain way and to operate a certain way. And sometimes the requirements really just altered my vibe. (laughs) And ain't nobody got time for that. So you as a teacher leader can stop trying to tell everyone what something is or how to execute it in the ideal scenario. Just roll up your sleeves, dive into every teacher's classroom, and help them figure out how it looks and feels in their own classroom with their own students, with their own flair. And so that's the main point. It just it doesn't matter that the state requires it. It doesn't matter that the district just spent a million dollars on it. It doesn't matter that a teacher's evaluation score is dependent upon it. What matters is that teachers feel like they can meet the requirements and still do their own thing. And to give you an example of this pain point for myself and why I, I get on my soapbox about it, So the best thing about my literacy facilitator, which is what we had as a curriculum coach, I guess you could say, um, the best thing she ever did for me was sit with me and listen. She could have come in pushing the importance of data collection and showing me how amazing these other teachers were who were already doing it at like some fantastic rate. But instead, she walked in without anything, like no books, no technology, no agenda. She asked me what my hang-up was, and I told her. I said, 
I haven't figured out how to make this work for me. And we were talking about collecting data from students. And in essence, I was saying that I still hadn't found my way of doing it. You know, I understood what it was. I understood the importance of it, but it just wasn't natural. And I hated the idea of carrying around a clipboard and peering over my kids' shoulders and constantly looking at everything as data points. It just made me hate teaching. It stole the fun out of just interacting with my kids I knew there had to be a happy medium, but I was just struggling to find my new flow. And so she let me complain and moan and share all the millions of ways I was trying to implement data collection into my routine. But I just felt so empowered by her approach to just level with me. I mean, she knew I was good at what I did, but she also knew administration required her to require of me to do this thing. (laughs) And she was able to kind of straddle both responsibilities and humanize herself to help me figure it out. And so for the next 30 minutes, we brainstormed ideas and I felt better. I mean, I wasn't totally convinced, but Every time she saw me in the hallway, she checked up on me to see if I found something I liked and did it work out. And she'd pop in to see if she could find a good way in that exact moment to kind of bridge the gap of my style versus the requirement. It was just so helpful. It was like an extra arm, (laughs) someone to lean on that was on my team rooting for me. Like, yeah, I'm going to help you figure out what this looks like for you. And then I'm going to go over here and help this teacher figure out how to make it look for them, you know, so it was like one big protocol, looking many different things in everyone's rooms. And that's what differentiation for teachers is all about. And I think many schools like this one type of teacher or because they're trying to really get a hold on achievement, or whatever might be the current struggle at their school, they have a tight ship, and it takes the freedom and the flair out of the fun. And To be honest, it's not that teachers don't want to do what they're being asked. They just struggle, a lot of them, I'm speaking for them, struggle to find out how it can still be their thing while also meeting the requirement. And so as a teacher leader, if you can stand in and say, hey, we're going to figure it out. I'm going to make sure I use my brain and my background knowledge of what this is and what I know about you, and we're going to make this happen. And then I'm going to go help your colleague over here who's got a totally different approach, and we're going to make it work for them. I mean, I think that is what true education is about. We got to help teachers learn in their own style and way, just like we do for the students. So surprisingly, over time, I was making little adjustments um, that ended up adding up to a whole lot. I found out new things about my kids in terms of, you know, how well they knew something rather than just do they know it, do they not know it. Uh, But I still got to use my instinct and enjoy teaching and keep my classroom vibe. And in the end... I was happy, and it was all because my leader helped me figure out what it was going to look like for me. And in case you're wondering, because I know you're just dying to know, (laughs) I stole about one or two minutes all throughout my day to focus on specific kids based on the schedule that I created. And this allowed me to really hone in on one person and one specific skill. So I was only doing that one thing, making it super easy for me to find evidence, but then stay present in the moment. I would just, you know, make a quick notation on this Excel sheet. I printed off and then I went back immediately doing my thing. And it didn't become this time sucker because it was only one or two minutes here and there. But that added up at the end of the day for, wow, that's a lot of data collected. It definitely didn't make me feel like, hold on, wait, let me do this data thing real quick. And it certainly didn't take away my time with my kids. My simplified approach of kid and skill schedule, what I call it, 
was genius for me. You know, will it work for you or any other teacher? I don't know. But, you know, all I cared about was I didn't have to give up me to meet this new requirement being handed down. So if there's anything you take away from what I'm telling you, it's this. If you're a teacher leader, your biggest impact comes from your relationship with teachers, which is a no-brainer because the same is true when you were a teacher. Your effectiveness was 100% linked to the relationships you were establishing with your students. So applying that same rationale, yes, your job is to help administrative team carry out their goals for the school year because those are linked to standards and curriculum but you're also able to help teachers be the most effective in the classroom as they can be. And that means knowing who they are as people, who they are as teachers, and then work that angle more than this whole implementation police, (laughs) as I kind of call it. You know, my literacy facilitator knew me so well. She watched me teach. She talked to me outside of school. She knew what made me tick and what I loved and what I hated and what I wanted to become and what I wanted for my kids. I mean, everything. She was just so in tune and, you know, we weren't like BFFs, but we were colleagues and she's the type that goes above and beyond her job description to make an impact. So, of course, she was spending a lot of time knowing her people and that made the difference. That made me successful. That made me break through this wall of what does this look like in my classroom And that is the kind of teacher leader we all need in our lives, the ones who know us and believe in us and cheer us on towards our best. They roll up their sleeves and they dig down deep and they nudge and they push us, but they still have love and appreciation for what we're doing. She believed in my ability and she knew I could do it, but she took it upon herself to help me through it. That made all the difference. So I hope everyone out there has a leader in their professional life who cares so much that they're willing to sit next to you while you struggle and you're working through that mess and celebrating with you as you succeed. And if you're a teacher listening to this episode because you just love Empowering Educators podcast, (laughs) go advocate for your needs. You know, speak up when you struggle to apply the feedback in a way that's authentic to who you are as an educator. If your teacher leaders can't help you or they're just unsuccessful in helping you, reach out to your edgy buddies on social media. I mean, you obviously have me in your corner. You are not alone. You can find a way to do it all without giving up your love of teaching, I promise. And for those teacher leaders listening, please, one thing you can implement 2018 is know your people and know how to help them implement whatever's being asked of them in a way that matches their learning and teaching style and preferences. Pour into those relationships and use all your knowledge that got you to the position that you currently hold to help bridge the gap because teachers want to rise to the occasion. They want to do what's being asked of them, but many struggle to figure out how this can be part of their norm when sometimes they feel like they are so different than what's being asked of them. So relationships, relationships, relationships. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on being an excellent educator, meeting the requirements of your job without having to give up your own personal flair. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. 
All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. 